Thank you for tuning in today. We believe that the word of God is designed and has the ability to radically change your life. This series, Think Rich, Live Wealthy, is designed to change the way you think concerning finances and the life that you're living so that you can enjoy everything that God not only has promised for you, but everything that he has you living in today. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the message. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, for this awesome opportunity to hear from you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present to make known to us the thoughts of the Father. I thank you, Lord God, for uh, our minds being transformed just as you said the word will do. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will gain the proper perspective, meaning your perspective concerning wealth and riches, so that we can live the life that you have planned for us. I thank you, Lord God, that it is a good life. It's a life where we enjoy living. It's a life where it's worth living. And Father, we just give you all the praise and the honor for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Why don't you give a couple of people a hug? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we are continuing in our series, um, Think Rich and Live Wealthy. And... Um, Oh, man, I'm excited about all that God wants to share with us, reveal to us, <laughs> correct in us, um, get us into a stable place. Because remember, this is a year of stability. And in stability, we do need to talk about finances and prosperity and increase and how God sees things. And uh, it came across my mind even this morning, uh, there is a way that seems right unto a man. <laughs> but... Truth be told, when we gave our lives to Christ, that's just what we did. We gave our lives to Christ. And in doing so, uh, if you didn't know initially what you were doing, we were saying that I'm giving you authority in my life. I'm giving you the authority to uh, speak into my life, to direct me, to show me the way to go, to tell me how to live this life that God has prepared for me. And uh, we're going to start in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 9, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Um, for me, I can always come back to this scripture. <laughs> uh, when uh, I was at a very challenging time in my life, uh, things weren't going well. And many of you have already heard the account of, uh, of um, my marriage and how... Um, Neither one of us was just right when we got married. Let's just put it that way. Neither of us was really seeking God in any kind of way. Let's put it that way. And so it came a time in my life where I just needed to hear from God. And this is the scripture. Um, and don't think it was some great um, revelation that came to me. I didn't know anything about revelation. I'm just praying and asking God what's wrong. Because in my estimation, I had planned my life out the way I thought it would go perfectly. I had planned it all out. You know, I'm a college graduate, and, you know, I'm going to get the best job in my field. And you know how we, we estimate and we put things in order, and God wants us to have, have plans. But the whole plan was something that I had come up with, and I actually hadn't consulted God about it at all. I just went through what the world said would get me to where I thought I wanted to be. And so, uh, and I'm not going to say that 
you know, a light was shining and it pointed me to the scripture. No, I, I happened upon this scripture, thank God. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did do what we kind of laugh about people doing. I thought, well, okay, I'll just put the Bible wherever it falls. Then that's, that's, that, that'll be for me. But some of the stuff I was reading just wasn't for me. I'm like, oh, that don't even make any kind of sense. And so uh, <laughs> in doing so, I did come across this scripture. And then God just, um, at that point, I realized where I was and what my relationship was with God. And I wanted it to change. But in Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse uh, 9, um, and I'm reading this out of New King James Version. It says, honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall, y'all, so shall your bars be filled with plenty. And I, excuse me, I apologize. I need to start further up. <laughs> uh, verse 5, I apologize. Starting at verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And it was at that moment when I read that scripture, I immediately knew that I wasn't trusting God. And uh, as I started to reflect on my life, I kept thinking, but God, I've been going to church ever since I can remember. Uh, And even though I'm away in college, I went away to college, I still made sure I went to someone's church I made sure I was, I was in Catholic services. I went to, uh, it, it didn't matter, just as long as it was a church. And I saw church on it, I went, because it was Sunday, and you go to church. So I went to all kinds of different denominations. I went to holiness churches. I went to Pentecostal churches. I went to Baptist churches, Methodist churches. I just went to churches, because I figured that that's what you're supposed to do, is go to church. But never was it impressed on me that I needed to trust God until I saw this scripture. And to lean not to my own understanding and in all my ways acknowledge him and he would direct my path. Um, I wasn't acknowledging God, although I prayed. You know how you learn. I prayed. Uh, I prayed, God, that, you know, you do this for me and do this for me and do this for me and I need my next year's uh, tuition, God, and, and, and God I need, and, you know, I need some more. And then if you want to know the truth about it, I actually need some other stuff, too. I just, I just need <laughs> because, because that's the way I was raised. I always go to God for what I need. And that's not, that's not wrong, but when your motives are not right, when you're not really connected with God in these things, then We become like uh, in the book of James where it says we ask amiss so that we can lavish everything upon ourselves. Um, So in in looking and reading at this scripture, I I had one of those uh, checks in my life. And so at that time I thought, you know what? I need to really trust God. I, I hadn't even really gotten to know him. And in fact, I didn't even think I knew anybody who did know him. And that was even worse. Um, and then I did find a lady in the church that I, I, I believed knew God and began to talk with her concerning um, where I was in life and where I was looking to be. And to be honest with you, where I really wanted to end up was having peace. I just wanted peace. I was so tired of worrying about everything. I was so tired of trying to fix everything. You know how you do. 
this stuff goes wrong, well, I have another plan. Well, I have another plan. Well, I have another plan. Well, I'll try your plan. I just got all these plans without God being a part of any plan that I was making. Only thing I tell him to do is just help me to do what I'm trying to do. And so uh, that wasn't the relationship God wanted me to have with him, nor does it, is it the relationship he wants you to have with him. God is interested in a real, for real relationship with us. And not for us to put him to the side and bring in some of our, our thinking uh, once things appear to be going well. He wants the intenseness of the relationship to always be there. He always wants us searching out and seeking him because God is so big and so vast, there is no way we'd ever come to the end of him. Amen? And then, too, God wants us always to move on from uh, where we are. Um, I was talking to someone the other day concerning um, our women's fellowship, women changing, evolving, and maturing. And that's progressive, it's not standing still. It's always progressive. And if you read, uh, the, our scriptural foundation is found in the book of Hebrews. And in that scripture, he says, uh, we need to stop laying again the same foundation over and over and over again. Talking about, you know, the, uh, the baptisms and talking about being saved. And, and of course, we talk about salvation because there's always people coming into the congregation. But he says, it, it's time for us to move on and grow up and mature. Amen. It's time for us to stop um, um, drinking milk. I remember Greg said one day, he says, you know what? He says, I am through passing out pacifiers and burping babies. Because as Paul said, he said, you should be so far beyond this now that you are to be teachers, giving instructions. And that's that's a part of what our responsibility is here at Revealing Truth Ministries is not only teaching you how to live, but also uh, teaching you or discipling you so that you can disciple others. So we need to stop warring over things that are scripturally based simply because we just don't want to do them. I once told the ladies group, I said, you know, we talk about uh, uh, wives submitting themselves unto their husbands and what that all really means. I said, I can't, I, how many ways am I going to say that? I mean, we got acronyms, we got plays, we got skits. I'm saying it's time to move on because either you want to do what God says to do or you don't. That is the bottom line. Either you want to do it or you don't. And then when you start, when we start to figure out ways we can get around it, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody but you. It's, it's, it's not, it, it, it's, it's you who don't reap the benefit of looking at the word of God and saying, God, this is what you said. I trust you. I'm going to do it. And I realize that we are all at different places in our lives and in trust of God because we can be trusting God for one thing and, and get to what we call a level, and then there's something else that will challenge us because God says that without faith it's impossible to please me. So you'll always be at a place where you're trusting God for something. Because the whole idea is God truly wants us to lean and depend on him. Amen. So he's never going to put us at a place where uh, he's not necessary in our lives anymore. Amen. Amen. So again, he says here, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Um, and that's truly what God wants to do is direct our paths. And then he says in verse 7, do not, be, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. He said, it shall be health to thy name, health to thy to your flesh and strength to your bones. You can see I used to reading this in the regular King James, you know. <laughs> uh, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Then he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. He says, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I didn't discover verse number nine till later on when I uh, made a determination that I was going to start to follow God. I was going to start, try, start to trust God and believe the things that he was saying because uh, I'm realizing, you know, you're the creator of all things. You made everything exist. And I see now you want to have a relationship with me. You don't want me uh, going through rituals. You don't want me just going through the motions. You don't want me just learning the songs. You don't want me to just show up for church. You don't want me to just read the Bible. But you're really interested in me having a relationship with you. And then having discovered that and being very excited about the fact that God was saying that he wanted to have a relationship with me. Uh, there were some things that I did. I had to separate myself from some people. I mean, um, and I had, to, I had to stop doing some things. And it was not because God made me do them. It's because I wanted to do them. See, God is not into forcing us to do anything. But it became a desire of my heart because I located myself. Look at somebody say, you have to locate yourself. And the scripture is good at helping you to locate yourself. Amen. <laughs> and then later on, I, I uh, after... I don't even know what the length of time was. I said, you know, God, I said, I'm constantly coming to you, constantly coming to you for what uh, I, I need from you. And I'm not talking necessarily about material things, but God, I need peace. I need joy. I need directions. I, I, I cannot do this without you because I've already done this on my own. I've already gone down the road. And some people would look at me and say that, you know, they look and say, oh my goodness, you know, you're, you're on the right track. Everything is going well. But on the inside of me, I knew that it wasn't. How many of you have ever been in a place where on the outside it looks good, but on the inside only you know that <laughs> this, I ain't got it going on like what you think I got. <laughs> Just, you know, uh, thank you very much for the compliments, but oh my goodness, when I go home with me, because I can't get rid of me. Me is going with me everywhere I go. <laughs> and um, so I started asking God, I said, what can I do for you, God? I mean, wh what is it, you know, uh, I've been to the altar so many times asking you concerning my marriage, my children, my finances. God, what can I do? Is it anything that I can do to please you? And that's when the scripture came into my life. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. And you know what? I actually stopped there because I just looked at honor. And see, honor is not a demand. God is not demanding us to honor him. 
He's, he's requesting honor the Lord with your substance. And I, to be honest with you, the church I attended, we did dues and offerings and, you know, that type of thing. So honor the Lord with your substance. I was like, oh, what do you mean honor the Lord with my substance? Honor the Lord with my substance. And then that's when I found out this scripture was talking about a tithe. Now, people tend to get into, that's Old Testament, that's New Testament, but there are some principles and some things concerning God that, uh, the, and we'll read this scripture, the Bible says that the Old Testament is for our learning. Yeah. Uh, the Old Testament is the new hidden. The New Testament is the old revealed. Because there were some, there's some things that are said in the Old Testament that weren't clear to people. But in the New Testament, it's made clear. So he says, we, the Old Testament, he said, you look back in it because it's for your learning. Yes. And I understand that in, the, uh, uh, in this dispensation of grace that we're in, that God is saying that, uh, and you got you to gotta hear what God is saying. You can't work to cause me to do anything for you. There's nothing that you can do to earn what I want to do for you. So understanding the law was given and the law was good because God was saying, I got to get everybody to understand you can't really do this on, my, on your own. You really need me. That's, that's what the law was all about. Everybody, really, I'm giving, I'll go ahead and give you these rules and things because you think you can follow them, but you actually can't. Because the way I, God, am, either you're doing it all or you're doing none of it. So you, if you break one, as far as I'm concerned, you broke them all. So, but then there are some principles that are in the Old Testament that flow right along into the New Testament or into this dispensation. Um, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, isn't that in the Old Testament? Y'all looking at me like, I don't know. Do I need to go find it? It's in the Old Testament. So under grace, do we throw it out? Uh, thou shall not kill and thou shall not steal. Old Testament. So is it okay now? Thou shall not commit adultery. Well, is it okay now? You see what I'm saying? There are just some principles that flow along that... It's good for us to live this way. So um, people get it all mixed up sometimes because grace is so that, that everybody could be on the same playing field. It's through us believing. Yes. We're believing what Jesus Christ did that sets us free, that causes us to have right standing with God. So if, you, if how do I put this? If you believe that um, there's nothing you can do that would cause you to be separated from God once you enter into the kingdom of God. He's saying that, you know, uh, even if you're stealing, God says, I still love you. You still believe to get into the kingdom because that's how we, that's how we got in. Am I correct? It was through our belief that we were made righteous through God, Right? 
Okay, so that stands regardless of what goes on. That's that that's you you can't sin your way out. Look at somebody say you can't sin your way out. <laughs> and that's a good thing, and we rejoice that I can't sin my way out. But then God says that when I move on the inside of you, He says that uh, people won't have to teach you things. There's some things that you, you know, because the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, as you start to read the Bible and recognize who you are in Christ Jesus, that I'm the righteousness of God. I have right standing with God. Uh, I have peace with God. And, and you know, there's just some things that we, we, we know are not good for us. And God says, if you keep understanding who you are and the strength and the power and the ability on the inside of you, he says, I, I'll cause your want to to change. Don't, don't, don't get all caught up into your you're trying to fix yourself because it's going to be a natural course for the believer. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It'll, 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 it'll happen naturally. I don't have to get up here and say, y'all need to stop stealing. Y'all need to stop doing this. Y'all need to stop doing that. Y'all need... But as you grow closer to God, then he will help you to make whatever adjustments you need to make. Not what I think you need to make, but whatever God thinks you need to make. Amen? So that's why he tells us, you know, you don't sit in judgment of people. Amen. Praise God. So there are just some principles in the Word of God that flows from what we call in the Old Testament, flows right on into the New Testament. God is consistently telling the people in the Old Testament to honor him. He's consistently telling them, don't worship another God. He's consistently telling them, I'm your God and I'll take care of you. He's, you know, he's consistently expressing his, his, uh, his love for people and the fact that he's a forgiving God. He consistently does that through the Old Testament and it flows right on into the New Testament. Yes, yes. For God says, I love you. He said, and then when we look at the Old Testament, God is pointing towards Jesus the whole time, pointing towards Jesus. And when you look in the scriptures, as you start to study the Old Testament, it talks about those who, who long to see our day. David talked about it. He says, oh, that generation where people's sins are forgiven them, their iniquities are forgiven. He's like that group of people. When, when is that group of people coming along? When you read in, and I'm kind of skipping over some stuff here. I got some scriptures to back all this up. Um, when you look in Hebrews chapter 11, it, and we talk about pe people of faith and how they trusted God and how they never received the promise, but they trusted God. So therefore, they kept doing what, they kept worshiping God. They kept honoring God for something that they were not even going to get to see, but it was going to happen in our lifetime yes. because they trusted God so much. Yes. They trusted God. They honored God. They loved God. They, God was the center of their focus, the center of their life, the reason why they were doing what they were doing, the reason why they lived, the reason why they breathed, because they had started, they developed this relationship with God. And that's what God is asking for now. He says, I want you to, I want to be your God. And you be my people. You know, that's, that's like ownership. I want you to be my people. And when I take ownership of you, I'm going to take care of you. 
I'm going to make sure things go right for you. I'm not telling you you're not going to have challenges in your life because you are, because you live in a fallen world. And sin does exist. And evil does exist. And people have hard hearts. And people have wicked hearts. So stuff is going to happen. But remember, I'm your God. And I'll, I'll, I'll strengthen you. Or I'll take you out of it. Or I'm going to build you up in this. But it, through it all, you can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because of the hope I have in you. Because the expectation I have in you. Because I trust you, God, above everything that I see, that I hear. Because I know, Father, that it's subject to change. It's subject to change. And so God wants us to be at a place where we, where we put him first and where we honor him and where we, where we respect him and where uh, we, we look to him for all the things that we need. Let me read this scripture to you. Um, I believe it's Isaiah. No, Psalms. Psalms chapter 52. Psalms 52. Let's look at um, verse. Let's look at verse 6. In verse 6, we're going to start here uh, above that God's is talking about what happens with wicked people. And it says um, in verse 6, Passion Translation, he says, the godly will see all this and will be awestruck. Then they will laugh at the wicked singing. See what happens to those great in their own eyes who don't trust in the Most High to save them. Look how they trusted only in their wealth and made their living from wickedness. But I am like a flourishing olive tree, anointed in the house of God. I trust in the unending love of God. His passion towards me is forever and ever because it is finished. You know, that's the last thing Jesus said is it is finished because I've done everything necessary for you to have life. That's what God is. He said, it is finished. The psalmist said, it is finished because God has done everything I need to live a joyous life. He says, but because it is finished, I will be praising you forever and giving you thanks. Before all your godly lovers, I will proclaim your beautiful name. He said, you know, sometimes we can look at the world and think we want what they have. And when I say the world, I'm talking about people who are unsaved or think we have to have what they have in order to be happy. He said, but when you, when you look at the end of it all, at the reality of, all, of it all and what they're in will be, he says that, no, you need to be that person who's like the olive tree. You need to be that person who is in awe of who God is because you're the one who's actually going to flourish in this life. 
You're the one who's going to be at that place of peace and rest and tranquility that God is calling us to or that God has set aside and made ready for us. I, uh, but God wants us always at, uh, at a place of peace. And he says, you're not going to really get to that place of peace unless you really rely on me. Unless you, unless you rest in knowing that I care about you. Unless you understand that I love you. See, sometimes we, I don't know why, uh, when we see people with wealth, we tend to think they don't have a problem. <laughs> the reason I say that, because you think that having wealth will make you not have a problem. And you and I all know when you sit down and think about it, there's some of the most confused, sad people you can meet if you sat down and had a conversation. I mean, like a real conversation with them, not a, not a, not a what my money has allowed me to do conversation. So God says that when we put our focus in the right place, which we as believers are supposed to be doing, he says that you can live a life worth living. Yes. You can live a life worth living. Amen. And we sing about it, a life of peace, a life of joy. Uh, it's... It's something we talk about, but I believe that it's time for us to just not just talk about it, but it's time to live it. It's time to be uh, all involved with it, the life that God talks about. Let's go back to Psalms. Because in Psalms, he says again that we should honor the Lord with our substance. In verse 9, honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruit of all our increase. The Message Bible says, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. And, you know, some people... They don't particularly like this scripture because somehow they think that if they don't think of it, they don't think, at, think of it as honoring God when we uh, bring offerings or tithes into the storehouse, into the church, storehouse, let's use into the church. Uh, they don't see it as an honor, but God says that's an honor to me. He says, that's how you honor me. Now, we're quick to say, we're delivered from the curse of the law. This doesn't seem like a curse to me. And I'm just being honest with you. Where is, what part of this sounds like a curse is attached to it? is honor. Glorify me. That's what the word says. Honor. Glorify me. I don't see, I don't see a curse attached to it. 
I honestly don't. Let's look at uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 4. We'll look at this in the New King James Version. But Genesis chapter 4. This is an account of uh, Cain and Abel. In verse 3 it says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Bible says that God was pleased and respected Abel for his offering. And I've heard different things concerning that. It was, you know, it was because um, Abel uh, actually killed a, an animal because he was over flocks, so it was the blood that Jesus was looking for. I've heard... Uh, Oh, I've heard all kinds of things, but I just like to read things as they are. <laughs> and he says, in the, he says, they came and Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. So God, even in the Old Testament, when he gave out laws, he told them they could bring grain and wheat. So it can't be the type. He says, uh, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. He said the firstborn. The first. He said he bought the first. So that's the difference that I see is he bought the first. He chose to honor God with the first. But let's, let's, let's look at this a little bit further. Let's look in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Because here again, Abel is spoken of. He says in New King James, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift and, th and through it, he being dead still speaks. He says, for faith, for, you see, by faith, by faith, by faith, by believing in God, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So it has something to do with faith and belief here. Am I correct? It's faith and belief. Abel brought something through faith and believing something. Because the Bible says here that... Um, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. He had right standing with God. And so in looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, so God said it was more excellent. And the only thing I see is that it was because it was the first. And then he says here, um, he obtained a better witness and he became righteous. So I thought, okay, God, he became righteous. He had right standing with you. So let's look at, uh, Romans chapter 4. Let's look at Romans chapter 4. Because now we're talking about 
Abel being righteous and having right standing with God. We're talking about Abel having faith. So the fact that it's, he's, he's actually mentioned again, or uh, we see how this works out in the book of um, Hebrews. Did I tell you Hebrews? Romans, okay. You, you can do Romans chapter 4 and 1. You can read it. Well, no. Yes, let's go to Romans chapter 4. <laughs> okay, it says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So I would think that's the same thing concerning Abel as well. He says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. So Abel believed God and he was accounted righteous before God because he believed, he trusted God. He believed and he trusted God. He says, now then, or now to him who works the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So here it is. I'm looking at this, and we're looking at this, and we're saying, okay, God said that Abel obtained righteousness, and it says that Abel had faith, and that's, when, that's how he brought his offering to God, and he brought the first, because in actuality, what was Abel doing? He was trusting God. He was trusting God. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you the first because I trust you. I don't have a challenge with this because I trust you, God. Because that's what the Bible says. It was not because of works. Abel wasn't trying to earn anything from God. He wasn't trying to make God like him more. That wasn't, that wasn't what he was doing. He wasn't trying to get into God's good graces because of it, but he was doing it as an honor. He was doing it as respect towards God. He was doing it as, uh, I know that you are the giver of all things, so I honor you in this manner. I'm not afraid I'm not going to have enough. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, I'm going to be on my own. I'm not saying that I got to support myself. I'm saying that, God, I honor you because I believe that you are going to take care of me. I believe that, that you're the one who gives all things. I wouldn't even have what I have if it were not for you, God. So I'm respecting you in this manner. I'm not using it as a payoff of some debt because God knows I can't pay off a debt. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Abel was made right because of what he believed, not because of what he did, but because he honored God. This was a manner by which he chose to respect God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 
He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand by what we believe. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse four, by faith, Abel, by faith, by faith. This is how Abel, by faith, I trust you, God. That was the only way that Abel was able to give the way he gave is because he trusted God. He believed God. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift and through it being dead still speaks. He says that by faith, Abel was able to do what he did. By what he believed was what he was, the reason he was able to do what he did. And he says that even to this day, it's in the scripture, it, it's being testified about what Abel did because of what he believed and how he trusted God. It is difficult for people to tithe or give anything when they don't trust God. It's difficult because the only thing it could become is manipulative if you do it any other way. The only, or you do it in fear. Abel was not afraid. Abraham was not afraid. They, were, they weren't operating in fear. They were operating in trust and belief. They are operating in a desire. How do I put this? The word I want to use is please God, but not please him so I can get him to do something or please him, I know, please him so he will still love me. No, they weren't doing this to please God so he would still love them. He's already loved them. He already loves us. God is not going to hate you because you don't give 10% of your income. He's not going to hate you. He's not going to hate you if you don't ever bring a dime to the church. He's not going to hate you for it. And I want you to understand that. That's, that. It's important that you understand that. And having even said that, uh, as believers, we trusted God for our salvation. I encourage you to trust God for all things. The Bible says faith or trust comes through hearing the word of God. It'll cause you to develop a confidence in God that you may not have right now so that you can liberally and freely give to God. But this is um, the danger in not trusting God. Everything around us tells us, don't trust God. Trust riches, trust wealth, 
trust people, but just don't trust God. For God's sake, don't trust God. That's why people crave money. It's not, it, it, it's, people don't crave money because they think it's pretty. They don't. They, they don't crave, you understand what I'm saying? That's not why people crave, they crave money because it's a false sense of security. It's a false sense of security. And I want you to understand that, that, uh, it cry, everything cries out. Just don't put your trust in God. Put your trust in your education. Put your trust in, in, in your family. Put your trust in your husband. Put your trust in your wife. Put your trust in money. Put your trust in wealth. Put your trust in riches. Put, just, just don't, just for God's sake, don't trust God. You can't trust God to give you peace that surpasses all understanding, but if you get enough money, you can buy your own peace. Oh, but y'all know it's true. Y'all know it's true. Don't, don't trust God for your healing. You got enough money, you can find a doctor to heal you. But just don't you trust God. But just don't, because money will get you everything you need. But just don't you, just don't you trust God. You, you, you know there's a anti-God, anti-God is saying, trust me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. I'll direct your path. I already planned your life out for you. I have a good life. I want you to enjoy life too. I want you to do this. But then money's saying, oh, you don't need God for that. If you got enough wealth, you can get that on your own. And outward it may appear. And even when it comes to our health, you know, it's a diff difference in being healthy and well and fit. Because I don't know about you, but I know some people in the past who were fit, went to the gym, you know, ate all the white foods, did everything to stay fit, but they died of an illness anyway because only God takes care of health and healing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But, 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 but everything else, but, but it tells you, you don't have to trust God if you, just, if you just take care of your body. And I'm not telling you to run around not taking care of your body because God wants us to do that because this is the temple of God and we don't need to just put anything in our bodies. But you all understand, what, you, you all understand what the critical thing is is this, everything is trying to get you not to trust God. In 1 Timothy, it talks about don't trust in uncertain riches. And he's, he, and then, um, he, same chapter, I think it's in verse 9, he talks about the fact that for those who want to be rich, he says, let me tell you what, what, what goes along with that. Don't, don't let it become your God. Don't let it be the thing that you think can get you out of every trouble, every challenge that you have, because I'm the only one. That's what God said. I'm the only one can actually do that. I'm the only one. 
I'm the only one that can actually do that. I'm the only one who can give you the peace that you're craving for and that you keep thinking that if I could just get a little bit more money. See, I'll be at ease and I won't be anxious, God, if I just had some more money. God said, if you saw me as your supplier, he said, you may not need the money at all. And if you need money to get whatever it is, then I'll make sure that it, it gets to you. But you can't be craving the thing. But you should be in pursuit of the creator who made everything. Uh, glory to God. And I'm telling you, all kinds of distractions are bombarding our lives. Everything is trying to find its place above God. Everything is trying to find its place above God to come between you and God, everything. And why do you think the enemy is pressing so hard to get you to not trust God? He said, you don't need God. I can do everything for you. If you just get enough money, if you just get enough wealth, you can live like those people who live in them big houses. <laughs> but then again, I, 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 I like in Timothy where Paul talks to him uh, about those who are wealthy. Because he says, you know, I, I, I intend for people to be wealthy. I intend for people, you know, I, I don't have a problem against wealth. He said, well, let me tell you something. When you come into the wealth, don't forget about me. If, when, you come in, when you come into your wealthy place, re remember, remember who, who got you there. Don't, don't cast me to the side, but remember me. And that, 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 he's, he's not telling people in Timothy, don't, don't you know, Give all your stuff away. Uh, it's so, it's, okay, God. It's just so amazing how we just pop one scripture out of something. Ever since we read that scripture where Jesus told the, the rich, strong rulers to give it up all, we, I don't know why we think we classify for that. <laughs> I don't know why. There are very few people I know that, that has actually told me God told them to give away everything. Now, I know there's some people who've given away everything because <laughs> they thought that that was an act of faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove I'm going to give away everything and then God's going to supply me back. It's like, and it took them a long time to get it. I, I do. I know, I know some people who gave away every stick of their furniture. And they said that they were waiting for God to supply them because he promised to supply them their needs. They said, a few months into it, they realized that was them and not God. They gave themselves their own faith test. Y'all understand what I'm saying? God ain't asking you to give your, give your own faith, get your own faith. There's enough that's gonna come that requires you to use faith that you don't have to give yourself your own faith test. That's just like going saying, God's going to, oh, God, he just, hey, the angels just watch over me. I'm going to jump off this building. Why do, you think, why do you think Jesus didn't go jump off the cliff? Y'all understand what I'm saying? God ain't asking you to give your own faith test. But he is asking us to trust him. 
So giving is a matter of trust. It's where your trust level is. It's where your trust level is. And I encourage you, if it's not there, keep looking at your God. Keep looking in the word of God. Because the best place to be is to trust God. Because also there's a scripture in the Bible that says, when money faileth. See, God don't want us at the mercy of money. Y'all know how economies change. Y'all know how stuff change. God wanted to be so that if, if money changes, you won't be moved. You'll say, you know what? I know a God who supplies all my needs. I know a God who's going to make sure that, I, that, that I'm well taken care of. I know a God. Hallelujah. Trust me. God is saying, trust me. Just trust me. And we're talking about this, about the fact that we're talking again about thinking rich and living wealthy because God wants us to have the right attitude towards him. So that when he said, I'll give seed to the sower, you're okay with I'll give seed to the sower. When he says to give, I'm okay, I can give because all of this stuff really belongs to my father anyway. He can move it any way he wants to move it. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we just give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the one true and living God. I thank you, Lord God, that I thank you that, Father God, that we will make a conscious decision today to acknowledge you in all of our ways, to come to you for not just what we need, Father, but just come to you because you're our Father. Just come and have relationship with you. Father, help us as your people to know of your love and, and experience this love that you have for us this care that you have for us, your desire to protect us, your desire to uh, provide for us, your desire, Lord God, to just lavish your love upon us, which encompasses everything that pertains to life and godliness. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we as your people... mm, will come to know you more progressively. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking into our hearts. Holy Spirit, I am just praying that you will talk to us even while we're sleeping concerning the awesome love of God. Hallelujah. The awesome love of God that every day that we will choose you, Father, above all things, regardless of what they look like, no no matter how appealing they are, I thank you, Father, that we'll choose you, that we'll choose you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mm. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we just, I just, I just thank you, Lord God, for Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you can do so much more than I could ever do. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to the hearts 
and transform the minds so that, Father, we will think more in line with God our Father, think more in line with kingdom living so that we can live above the natural, live above what we see, Father, but that our thoughts are always concerning you and that we seek you first before we seek anything else because, Father, I know seeking you will cause us to have everything else. And we just give you the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. I pray it was a blessing to your life. Remember, you can always like and subscribe to our page and be notified when new messages are available. Have a blessed day.